Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Inside Nebraska podcast on the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. He is staff writer Steve Mark. I'm publisher Zach Carpenter. And Steve, we're now 21 days as of Monday, February 27th, uh, my birthday, actually, as a side note. So happy birthday to me. We're doing a podcast as a gift to myself. Um, happy birthday, with, boss. It's, it's funny that. with birthdays. Once uh, once you're past 21, like kind of forget uh, that they're they're even there. When I just said that, I looked at the counter. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the 27th. Um, so yeah, they're not really a thing anymore after you, after you cross 21, in my opinion. <laughs> exactly. That's why you kind of forget about it, but you, it's a good excuse to get a free meal or two out of it or uh, a couple go. free beers. Um, so anyway, we're, we're counting down the days, um, the 30 days, the 30 day mark was, uh, I believe, uh, February 18th was a 30 day mark until Nebraska's first spring practice on March 20th. Um, the first of 15, 14 practices, and then the spring game, which counts as the 15th total practice that's allotted. And uh, today marks 21 days. And we've been on Nebraska.Rivals.com. We've been running through the the 30 most intriguing players on the roster heading into the spring. And um, to make it clear, continue to make it clear that it's not a list of the top 30 best players or ranking in that sort. It's just the 30 most intriguing guys for um, – number of different reasons, whether it's positionally, the potential position switch even, um, how they could be fitting into new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme, and, and what have you. A lot, of, a lot of young guys, a lot of unproven guys, but on the list, um, they're budding with potential. Uh, but just to run through the list, and you can check out e each, of these, uh, each of these guys, what we wrote about them um, on Nebraska.Rivals.com. Uh, we did individual one for each one, individual story. Uh, it was number 30, safety Miles Farmer, number 29, quarterback Richard Torres, and just sort of the backup quarterbacks in general behind mm -hmm. that quarterback battle that's shaping up between Casey Thompson and Jeff Sims. Uh, defensive back, number 28, defensive back Javier Morton, 27, defensive lineman Cameron Lenhart, the 2023 signee, uh, four-star signee from IMG Academy in Florida, number 26, wide receiver, Janier and Bonner, 25 is Edge Blaze Gunnerson, 24, Nickel Gage Stanger, 23, defensive back Kane Williams, 22 is defensive back Jalen Martin. And today's 20, number 21 is uh, defensive back Nickel Isaac Gifford. But uh, Steve, we wanted to sort of, we're not going to break all, all 10 guys down um, in a podcast today, keep it a little lighter. Uh, but you guys, again, can check all those out on, on the website. Uh, but wanted to highlight three guys uh, for for today, and starting off with number thirty, Miles Farmer. Um, like like we've said, he's a guy that we know about. Uh, he mm -hmm. started eleven games um, in in twenty twenty two. Obviously, missed one game with a suspension due to a an arrest for a DUI, um, mm -hmm. but started the other eleven games and um, sort of up and down. A little bit i mean i thought he improved uh toward especially the back half of the year especially physically like um not necessarily physically because i feel like he's always sort of been hasn't shied away from physical contact necessarily i think it's the the angles the pursuit angles and the the routes he takes to the ball carrier that needed improving i thought he stepped up his game he uh, i think said career high 11 tackles was it 14 tackles i think against uh minnesota but with, with Miles Farmer, Steve, what's uh, your thoughts on him? And I mean, entering a, a new system under defensive coordinator, Tony White. So it could be some opportunities for him there. 
Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a good point with the physicality with miles. I, I really like miles a lot more than many Husker fans do. I think just because we always hear the bad stuff um, with him and look, there were some bad moments last year and and during miles's career as, as a safety here at Nebraska, there's a lot of missed tackles, but you know, if you look at last year and I like what you mentioned about him getting better each and every, every game, I mean, when they hit big 10 conference play, he was dishing out some real blows to some of the conference's top running backs. You think of Chase Chase Brown at Illinois, Muhammad Ibrahim at Minnesota. Those are guys that usually deliver the blow to guys trying to tackle them. But with Miles Farmer at six foot three, 200, 205 pounds, he's your prototypical box safety. I think he can he can he can line up as as maybe a in a too high look as one of those safeties back there. But then once once the ball gets uh, snapped, he's in he's at linebacker level in the tackle box. Just a, another big body, another strong hitter um, down there. And of course, you'd like to see him wrap up more. But it's college it's college football. I I, I can't stand it when college football fans you know they they're like oh, why why didn't he wrap up why didn't he wrap up Well, it's college football. If you watch college football on Saturdays, nobody wraps up. I mean, you like to you like to uh, just say that um, guys need to wrap up, but you just watch it turn on any game. Everybody's throwing a shoulder. Everybody's throwing their head as kind of the tackle technique these days. But um, look, I agree that miles farmer has had some bad instances. He's had some missed tackles that made him look really poor out there. But when I look at the 2023 Nebraska defense with Tony white as, as the DC, I think, I think miles farmer is going to be out there somewhere and it's really intriguing and really fun to think about in what capacity. Now I know that, uh, Tony White has used a rover um, in in the past, a position called the rover, and it could be several different things. It could be a, a safety um, linebacker hybrid. It could be a defensive end outside linebacker hybrid that we think MJ Sherman might be. Um, but you know, when I look at the the tape from Syracuse where Tony Tony White came from, um, he had a six foot four, two hundred twenty pound, basically safety big linebacker out there who can move, who can hit. Um, just a big athlete out there. And when I look at that guy, I see Miles Farmer a lot. So I'm I'm sure some Husker fans are gonna disagree completely with me, and that's totally fine. But Miles Farmer at the end at, at the end of the day, he was the second leading tackler on the defense with 73 tackles. Um, and and he really played well, I believe, in my eyes, he played well towards the end of the season. Um, and I think he's gonna be a leader on the defense. I know he made a mistake with that DUI um during during the season and everything, but um, I, I just really like him a lot more um, than others do. And I think he's going to find a spot on, on Tony White's defense. Yeah, you make a lot of good points that I agree with. I mean, first off, um, and also mentioned that um, sort of that uh, uh, gauntlet of Big Ten running backs that Nebraska went yeah. uh, went through um, toward the, the back half of the season or uh, toward the end of the season. Um, and yeah, he was he, he held his own there. I, I thought, and um, that was part of a, a, a experience level that that Miles Farmer has um, from from last year. I mean, like like you said, eleven games, um, and he still played. Have it written down: eight hundred twenty-eight snaps in eleven yeah. games, which was forty-fourth most in the country among seven hundred eighty-two safeties who had at least two hundred sixty-five snaps. Uh, that was that was the cutoff. Um, for those rankings, the snap rankings. Um, and I mean, he would have been, he would have been pushing 
900. I mean, um, if he would have had that 12th game, um, I can't remember how many plays offensive plays Michigan had because that's the game he missed, but we would have been pushing 900. So he has that experience. Uh, He's part of um, seven, the uh, Huskers returned seven of their top 11 players on defense in terms of most snaps. So um, you have that experience level. And um, what makes Miles Farmer so intriguing to me is um, the fact that just that up and down, the inconsistency, like you have the good and the bad and the good Mm -hmm. is impressive. And then the bad is frustrating. Um, I mean, I think 15 missed tackles, which was uh, tied for most on the defense this year with uh, linebacker Luke Reimer. Um, But you see it there. You see all the the things that make him a potential potential stud in the defense on on this Mm -hmm. defense, but um, hasn't reached that potential yet. Hasn't reached that pinnacle. And I'm curious if Tony White is going to be able to see, like you've mentioned, a different role for him because I think he struggled in pass coverage. So I, I agree. I think box safety or that potential yeah. hybrid, like you said, would would be a good role for him. And what I uh, forgot to mention, first of all, I remember watching the Northwestern game. Zach, you were in Ireland. I was watching it at home. And I would always just maybe catch a shot of the TV camera um, looking at Nebraska's defense and in the background, I saw Miles Farmer and he'd be just like barking instructions, barking instructions to his guys. He's a, he was an important piece of Nebraska's defense back there. It's kind of the quarterback of the DB room. I really think he was, he was playing with the first year starter with Marquise, uh, Marquise Buford, um, who I think needed, needed some help along with a lot of the guys out there lining up. And you, I mean, we all, we all saw how, how much Nebraska struggled on defense just to get lined up at times and I'm going to defend Miles a little bit here. During the early parts of this season when Eric Shenander was still around, you could tell that the defense was just very, very, I just, there's a lot to it, right? There was a lot of thinking going on and not a lot of reacting quickly. And Miles Farmer was put in some really tough situations. Go back and watch the games. There would be times, especially with Georgia Southern, where Georgia Southern would run like a, just a simple inside run, like through the A or B gap. And it was like the Red Sea parted and Georgia Southern's running back would be, you know, at 10 yards immediately with without being touched. And there Miles Farmer is is just in a one on one situation. And of course, everybody can sit at home, be the armchair quarterback and say, I would have done better than that in a one on one situation against a division one running back. But I doubt you would. It's a difficult play when you were ha- when you were trying to bring down uh, a division one running back on a one-on-one situation. So I think plenty of times Miles Farmer was put in that exact situation where he's playing the safety 15 yards uh, behind the line of scrimmage. And he's being asked to make a one-on-one tackle against the division one running back with who, who has a heck of a head of esteem. So um, I, I don't know. I just think like, like I said, we can move on after this. I like Miles Farmer more than most. And I think he's going to find a spot somewhere. Um, I know, Tony White might use uh, three safeties out there along with two corners for that three, three, five look. And I think he's going to be out there in some capacity. Yep. Interesting to figure out what he's going to be. Um, that's why yep. I, I can't wait for these. Uh, hopefully we get some open practices in the spring um, to, to check him out. Um, him and playing other players on the defense because our next guy, um, actually all the guys we're highlighting today are on the defense matter of fact, but the next one is number 25 edge blaze Gunnarsson. Um, entering his fourth year at Nebraska and mm-hmm. the guy who, like you said, Steve, you, you said off camera, he's been intriguing all, all three years he's been here. He's going to be intriguing for yeah. his fourth year. Um, but just about the, the Nebraska edge group. I mean, we're not 
again, we're, it remains to be seen is sort of the proverbial phrase that we've been throwing around. Um, remains to be seen how much uh, Tony White utilizes that edge or how he uses um, his edge. Um, I imagine, I mean, they've used them before. I mean, like with, uh, with Hassan Reddick at Temple, but um, uh, with, with the, that edge group, Nebraska loses. Uh, it pro- I think it's the position that has the most attrition um, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just, I kind of just, uh, well, yeah, guess. you got, you got Garrett Nelson out of here. Oshawn Mathis out of here. Caleb Tanner out of here. Yeah. They're hurting at, at those spots that were uh, last year were might've been the strength of the defense. Yeah. And those three guys, only five players, uh, played snaps at the edge position last year for Nebraska. And it was Nelson Tanner Mathis and then Jamari mm-hmm. Butler and Gunnarsson and, um, yep. Three of those five are gone, and those three uh, accounted for 92.1% of the, the edge snaps from last year. Jamari Butler then had 85 total snaps, and Gunnarsson only had 69 snaps, so that's 7.9% of, uh, of the snaps from the edge position are back. So that's why, I mean, um, think, I mean, just to tell you guys straight up, Jamari Butler is going to be on this list later, a little yeah. further up. Um, there's some extra intrigue there and we saw some things from him last year, but that that's down the road. We're talking about Gunnarsson now. He could arguably, arguably be higher up this list, I think. Um, but slot him at number 25, because I think massively intriguing and important for what, uh, to replace what Nebraska's losing after last year. Yeah. He's a, he was a scout team defensive player of the year in 2021 for Nebraska. Um, so after redshirting in 2020, he played in three games in 2021, only three tackles. But then last year, he played in every game, made five tackles. But again, he, he's just been playing behind starter quality guys um, in the Big Ten for his whole career here. But now he has an opportunity. And it's going to be very, very interesting because he physically looks incredible. He looks the part of a Big Ten edge guy at six foot six, 250 pounds. I can't wait for the official team roster to update um, heights and weights so we can get a more accurate look at these guys. Because when you look at if you're a if you're a fan who loves to watch and break down um, the Bruder film of the Nebraska social media teams workout videos or their workout pictures. It's always two guys. I, I think uh, Thomas Fedoni looks incredible and Blaze Gunnarsson looks uh, fantastic. He's just huge and massive and, and it looks good. But can he play good? That's the that's the thing that everybody wants to wants to know. Um, I, I really like his upside, his his potential. Um, and I'm really interested to see in how he's used. I like what you what you mentioned before, Zach, with how Tony White is going to use these edge guys. I'm I'm guessing I'm um, just watching a heck of a lot of Syracuse tape over the past um, couple of years over there that they're going to have they're going to be asked to do a lot of things. Um, Nebraska's edge edge guys in Tony White's defense they are going to be asked to rush a passer with their hand in the turf. They're going to be asked to play in a two point stance, um, set edges in the run game, maybe drop into coverage a little bit. So it's just like your standard outside linebacker edge guy that that has grown in popularity with college football all over the place. So I think I think um, what Blaze Gunnarsson is really good at is is maybe rushing the passer. He we just don't know it because we haven't seen it, and he hasn't really had the opportunity um, to 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 show it. Um, but I'm really interested in in watching him 
uh, maybe get that opportunity. So he's, he's the door is open right now for for Blaze Gunnerson, and I'm really interested to see if he goes through it. But he's in a loaded room with a lot of interesting faces for that edge um, position. We already mentioned Jamari Butler, Kai Wallen, the lone junior college product. He's in there too. I, I'm I'm guessing MJ Sherman. Yep. Another another tease, Kai Wallen. Another tease for the countdown. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of uh, teases when I rattle off these names here. Kai Wallen, MJ Sherman, Chief Borders, who might play on the inside linebacker. I don't know. A little bit early here. Uh, Prince Will Uman Yellen, uh, Cam Lenhart, uh, Mav- Maverick Noonan as a, as a couple of true freshmen who might see the field. Who knows? There's a whole bunch of things that are up in the air right now. Um, but Blaze Gunderson, door is open. I'd like to see him walk through it and, and get some real playing time and some real experience to to maybe show that potential that I think he has. Yeah, and you mentioned Lenhart. He was number 27 on the list. And, I mean, yep. with all this attrition that we we talked about, losing that many snaps, um, that many prominent players at that one position, uh, I am curious to, to see if uh, any of the true freshman edge guys, the three you mentioned, um, yep. if they if they wind up not probably not having a prominent role, but but if they have a role, like maybe midway through the year or later in the year, mm-hmm. once they develop and uh, get more comfortable with the speed of the game and, and all that. But uh, yeah, we haven't seen a lot out from Blaze Gunnerson other than that mm-hmm. fall camp photo that Greg Smith took of him just looking pissed off and yoked up. It's like, all right, well, he's, he's angry and he looks physically impressive, but like you said, uh, can he play good? Can he play? Yeah. He looks good. Can he play good? Yeah, um, there was there was one in my mind. It just came to me right, right now. Rutgers, he uh, Nebraska had their punt. Brian Bruschini had his uh, pump blocked by Rutgers and Rutgers looked like they were going to scoop and score that thing. Blaze Blaze Gunnarsson came out of nowhere and tackled him inside the 10 yard line. The defense held Rutgers to three points, I believe. And obviously that was that was a big, big time play because Nebraska needed all the points they could get to get out of Rutgers with a win. So big time play by uh, Blaze Gunnarsson, but really just a special teams uh, player guy. Uh, player, player guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's cut it's that been out. A, it's been a day and a week. <laughs> Blaze Gunnerson, yeah, hope you play this year. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Gunnerson, like I said, I haven't seen much from him, but uh, but bust uh, booming with potential. But one guy we did see um, a lot of from a lot from last year uh, was was Nickel um, Isaac Gifford, and mm-hmm. um, one of the more consistent one of the more consistent defenders on the team. Even I mean, not a star or stud by any means, but he was he consistently played well. I just remember that Northwestern game where. Um, he was the only guy it seemed who was consistently actually um, tackling and bringing guys down. And then um, throughout the year, obviously, like almost every Nebraska defensive player has ups and downs, but fairly consistent um, overall in, relative to that group. And uh, he was coming back and he played safety during that Michigan, Michigan game when Miles Farmer was out, but he played nickel mm-hmm. um, in the other 11 games. So it's interesting. Another another intriguing guy. What, what are your thoughts on uh, on Gifford? Yeah, I'm glad he made this list because I'm really curious to see wh- where and what Tony White thinks of him and where he aligns in in this three three five very diverse, very uh, fluid defense that that he likes to run. Because we saw him, we saw Isaac Gifford um, be third on the team in tackles, if I'm not mistaken, with 70 tackles on the season. Uh, played in every game mostly mostly as the nickel um but then he he slid back to the miles safety's uh miles farmer's safety spot for that michigan game when miles was out and i don't think missed missed a beat because he has safety in his background um a former lincoln uh southeast knight 
uh, product and he was a, a safety there um, and then moved to um, Nebraska, developed kind of got bigger, physically developed and then moved him closer to the line of scrimmage as a nickel. And I think he he, he held up really well there. Um, and, and I think he was just still learning, learning the process, learning from Jojo uh, Doman a couple couple of seasons ago as his backup. And, and now last year when he was the guy at nickel, I, you know, I, I think he um, it was a, there was a learning curve for him. But I think he got better as the year went on. And, and especially towards the end of the season, he was one of the more sure tacklers. I know um, maybe some fans might disagree with that. But again, I just harp on go back to go back and watch the games. Isaac Gifford is a good tackler. He was a sure tackler. And again, he's just like Miles Farmer. I think Miles uh, or Isaac Gifford is going to be a guy that has a spot um, on Tony White's defense. Now, where? I don't know. I don't know. But um, I, I think he's going to be out there in, in some some way or form. Yeah, I mean, those two guys that we talk about, Gifford and, and Miles Farmer, and then uh, number 24 on our list was Gage Stanger. And it's sort of three guys who all – um, not necessarily like, I mean, don't play the same position, but all sort of similar, I guess, skill sets of, uh, of being able to, I think be multiple chess pieces in that sort of way. And, in, yeah. in uh, Tony white defense, but, um, it, you've mentioned the Rover too. And it's just like, what is that going to look like? Is it going to change yeah. game to game based on personnel? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I call it, uh, after Rob Dvoracek, he, uh, after his press conference, uh, last week, he, was asked to describe the defense and he just said chaos. He goes, chaos. Yeah. Chaos. It was like, he was questioning and he's like, yeah, that's a good word. And um, then he started talking about sort of just the way that they're able to, to move guys around and do different fronts. Um, whether it's five, five down front, four down front, three, three stack. So I'm like, I labeled it. I'm like, all right. So after hearing all that, it's like versatile chaos. That's sort of the, the name of the game. And I think um, if you have all of that, if you're, doing if you're having this chaos look and having all that versatility I think it opens up for a lot more guys to get snaps because they're going to get different skill sets and they're going to be rotating guys in because I think they want them to sort of be flying all over the field yeah and I'm I'm glad that we we are talking about Gage Stanger because I think some people maybe forget about him and and it, and you know, I'm not going to, you know, bash you over the head because you forget about Gage Stanger, but you know, he was a true freshman last year. Um, he made the travel squad. He was at Michigan. He played on special teams at Michigan. And I, I just think he's a really intriguing cat because at six foot two, 190 pounds, he's a big fast. And I think fit pretty physical defender who just, once he gets more years in, in the program, strength and conditioning, um, I'm really interested to see what Corey Campbell does with Gage Stanger um, because we know about his high school accolades. He was a star quarterback safety at Millard South um, here in Nebraska. Um, and, you know, he was one of my first, I guess I'll tell the story right now. He's, he was my first um, football commitment that I kind of uh, freaked out and had to be running to find a laptop. So I was in, I was, I was boating in a lake in South Dakota and I get a text um, with the heads up uh, that Gage Stanger was going to be committing to Kansas State. Uh, so I, I had to wait till the boat that I was on docked on the beach. And, you know, if you would have seen me that day, I would you'd, you'd see just like a, a skinny, a skinny white guy running out, running off on the beach and, and trying to find his laptop and trying to write a commitment story for Gage Stanger. But, um, you know, 
it's it's pretty cool when you're talking about Gage Stanger because he's a guy that was once committed to Kansas State. And if you know anything about college football, Kansas State, Chris Kleiman, he knows defense. Um, th- that's a good program down there. And when 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 they want you to play football for them, I think that says something. Um, but Nebraska was able to flip Gage Stanger. Gage Stanger wanted, wanted to play for the Huskers, and he's here entering his second season. Um, and my, do I think that Gage Stanger is going to be playing on the on the football field in 2023 for the Huskers? Probably not. But I think he's going to be again learning and developing. And another, like you said, a good word, chess piece. Um, when um, that that Tony White used when talking about maybe those that specific rover spot, that safety linebacker hybrid who who has a lot going on and just a guy who's um fat, big fast physical i think gage stanger can can be exactly that in a couple of years well first off with your recruiting story it's hilarious it comes to my mind like all right so you know you know the plight of being a recruiting writer i i that was my full-time yeah. beat for for three years and recruiting news commitments like they drop at some of the worst possible times i mean just oh, yeah. i mean i remember about to go out uh with my my girlfriend at the time for for dinners like plan like nothing happened all day with work that would have interrupted it and then eight o'clock out of nowhere Quinn Ewers uh decommits from Texas <laughs> Quinn and, yeah Quinn Ewers decommitted from Texas and uh like literally as we're two seconds from walking out the door I'm like I have to hand like I have to write something about this because we wound up flipping Ohio State and we knew we knew the decommitment was coming but we didn't know when and we knew the flip to Ohio State was eventually going to be coming, um, but it was just out of nowhere. It's like, oh yeah, this is this is what life's like as a recruiting writer. So I'm glad you got a little taste of that. To- I did. I did get a little taste of the old recruiting writer life. Um, it was all right. I mean, it was a rush. It was a rush of excitement. I was like, man, I need to sprint off of this beach and get to my uh, laptop and write about this um, high school kid who's committing to a college to play football. And then that's my life, but I loved it. I loved it. And I, and I like Gage. I think Gage is an awesome kid and I'm excited to uh, watch him develop here in Nebraska. Yeah. I'm glad that was the other thing I wanted to say is I'm glad you mentioned the part of like, don't expect him to play much. It's only his second season. Yeah. And he's one of those guys, I think, um, I mean, obviously you can use some more development. Everyone can use some more physical development um, at, at that, that level. But I think he's, fits in that bill of probably still um, a full season, full year away from really uh, making significant impact. But um, who knows, maybe Tony White and that staff sees something in him that uh, they think could be valuable and he does carve out a role. But even if that doesn't happen, I think it's such an imperative year for him. I mean, all of these second year guys that uh, mm-hmm. that are on this list or that uh, we'll be talking about um, throughout spring ball, the urban Meyer mantra, I can't remember the exact quote, but to paraphrase, it was essentially the first two years are on us. The third year is on you. Meaning the first two years are development years where the coaching staff, the strength staff, um, they're responsible for building that guy up, that player up into something that into, into an athlete that can, um, that can be a contributor. And then after that, it's on you to take your game to the next level. So that's why it's so important for these, these second year guys in their second off season with the program um, to take advantage of that. And that's why he's Gage Stanger is one of the many of those second year players. Who's um, just massively intriguing. Cause that's where the day is intriguing. Um, yeah. As- and I'm, I'm glad he, I'm glad you added him to the list when we were uh, um, figuring out how to do this list, because intriguing to me is not that he's going to be playing this season. Intriguing to me is he's a young athletic 
uh, guy who has the frame to get bigger and intriguing to me is maybe we're talking, talking to Tony, uh, Tony white during the season. And we hear Gage Stanger's name as somebody who's been flashing at practice. That's intriguing to me. And that's something that I think Gage Stanger has the ability to do because everybody, you know, if you're a high school football fan here in Nebraska, you saw Gage Stanger do some awesome stuff at at quarterback at Millard South, Uh, just that just an athlete. And when uh, a guy like Chris Kleiman, Kansas State, who knows defense and who who um, just is all about defense, wants you to play football for his program. That says something to me. And Gage Stinger had that at Kansas State. Nebraska was lucky enough to flip him. So, um, yeah, he's just a name to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, some inside baseball here for those who want to know. Uh, I plan was I made the list. I made my list at 30 and then sent it to Steve to see. I told him, tear it apart. Just shred the list. Tell me what you think, what you what you like, what you hate. And he really, you didn't really have that many, uh, that no, many bombs with it. There's, there's like, uh, the order of like, I think it was 10 through 14. I think, uh, you suggested change, switching up the order a little bit. And then, uh, the 30 guys mentioned, there's only two that you said, Hey, you should make yeah. these two replacements, I think, but everything else looks good. I'm like, all right, I got, I got the Steve Mark stamp of approval on, on these guys. <laughs> I feel pretty damn good about the list. And uh, I think we feel pretty good as a team about that, that list. But, uh, Obviously, like I said, 21 days from spring ball, it's, uh, it's, it's inching closer. Um, and we've gone through 10 guys, through, uh, 10 of the most intriguing players so far. We'll be continuing the countdown with number 20 on, on Tuesday, or 28th, and uh, trickling down all the way to number one um, as March 20th kicks it off. So got through pretty much almost officially got through the February lull of the offseason, Steve. So um, we're uh, we're almost done, right? You, you ready? You ready to, to hit some X's and O's and actually see some ball? Yeah, I'm ready to watch some stuff. Hopefully, Matt Rule is kind to the media and, and lets us in and uh, watches a little bit of of spring ball. That uh, that would honestly like make my year. That's awesome. I guess I'm optimistic for it because of uh, how it's been so far, where everybody, all of the coaches, and Corey Campbell. Um, so Matt Rule, Corey Campbell, and all the assistants have been made available for press conferences. So. That part makes me a little hopeful that we're going to um, get at least a little bit, even if it's those 15 minute open windows, we'll be able to see something. Um, but that, that remains to be seen. That's just hope. That's just conjecture and uh, call it optimistic conjecture, I guess. Um, but we'll see again, March 20th. And then is the start of spring ball and we'll be um, rocking and rolling from there. As always, you can follow us, uh, like, and subscribe to this video uh, on the inside Nebraska YouTube channel and visit us up. Uh, on our website, nebraska.rivals.com, where you can read up all about this countdown and play more stuff from Steve, myself, Greg Smith, Jeff Ekstrom on uh, Husker baseball team um, and football and recruiting. And we, we got it all over at nebraska.rivals.com and on this YouTube channel. But uh, we'll be coming back again next week for later this week um, for, for another show. And Steve will be grinding away the tape, basketball and football. He's pulling double duty. So Again, thanks to you guys for joining us, and uh, we will catch you guys again next time.